You gotta know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know where to run. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here thinking, the love boat. <laughs> Soon we'll be making another one. Come along. I don't know why I've been thinking about Sister Act all day. It's just been one of them days. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's in the air, what's in the atmosphere. Like, whoo. Child, you know niggas be niggas. Uh, all right. Well, let's get, off, let's get the formalities out the way. Uh, welcome to another episode of Reality The Pod. Um, my name is Tammy today. I'm sick of these bitches. And it's your girl, Shay. Look, it's been a week, y'all. <laughs> it's been a It's week. only Tuesday. It's been and a it's whole been a week. Cool child. This is the ghetto, man. We are living in our last and evil days. I just want you to know that, okay? Oh man. I don't even know. Like trying to I, I'm getting ready to go back to work because summer vacation is over. I got my class. I just found out that I got another paper to write, but at least I know two weeks in advance. And- right, right. The fine people at Amazon is going to let me return my broken laptop. So, like, things are, like, it's up in the air. I don't know how I'm going to get this paper done. I don't know how I'm going to go back and set up my classroom on social distancing. And at first I was like, okay, they're going to open the building next week. I'm just going to win next week and crack it out. Then I thought about it. They don't start paying me to the third. <laughs> so if I'm going to be going in there, go I at least be going in on days that they paint. And like usually, I would go in a day or two, or two or three early just to get it done because we never have any time that first week to do it. But this time, hmm, I'm gonna show you. <laughs> it's gonna be ready, all right. They sent they sent some framework out today talking about what it's gonna look like after the first ten weeks. We're gonna do hybrid this and hybrid that. I'm just like, uh huh. Keep talking because we all know you have to reassess in 10 weeks. <laughs> I was playing Russian roulette with other people's children. Okay. I was listening to another podcast um, earlier today. Uh, shout out to Dr. Kia and Jade of Getting Grown. It's a really good podcast to listen to. It's about adulting. And um, they were interviewing um, one of their friends and she had to tell her, um, her she's an eighth grader. She's going to eighth grade this year. And um, she basically told him, sir, I, I, I love you. Here's the thing. Just don't even expect for nothing to happen until January 2021. Because at this rate, who knows? I feel who bad for these kids. Knows. I don't know who's out there playing Jumanji. Please give us a break. <laughs> Please. Please. The twins sitting at home looking bored as fuck. <laughs> Meanwhile, I done rediscovered my PlayStation 4, blew the dust off of it today. And I'm like, wait a minute. Was it that dusty, though? I used to enjoy doing this. Where are my remotes? Why did I stop playing video games? Why did I become an adult? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to go back to the days of Saturday morning cartoons, uh, floor forts with your couch pillows and your blankets, cereal. Just regular Captain Crunch before they even had Crunchberries. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, no, they've been had Crunchberries. I'm talking about like the 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 all berries. Like they yeah, had that's... all berries back in the day. You know what I'm saying? No, you, you had to do regular blue, yellow ones. Oh, uh, 
crunch or, or peanut butter. I they had peanut, peanut butter, butter and back and in the day. Well, yeah, they had peanut butter back in the day. I want some sugar smacks. I want some. Oh, I want to snacks. I don't want to have to worry about nothing but what's gonna come on after Soul Train. What I'm gonna do <laughs> after Soul Train goes off. Don Cornelius, <laughs> yes, King. At the park. Okay. You know, my mama used to date Don Cornelius. He was almost my dad. Huh? Okay. Those y'all no, who no, Don Cornelius. Not, no, no, no. We are not doing this today. <laughs> Don Cornelius is from Chicago. When he, he knew, you know, he's he, that's the Chicago. You know, okay. So he started off on what used to be, I don't remember the station, but you know how they used to show the access TV and they used to show all them little ghetto model and stuff and whatnot. Yeah, like on 22, and tw- like 23 right, right, right. 24 back in the day. He started off on one of them as a DJ and then he came up with the idea to do Soul Chain. He wanted, my, he wanted to marry my mama. He proposed, she, he proposed to her. She turned him down because she didn't think that TV stuff was going to kick off. So then he moved <laughs> to LA and did Soul Train. Don Cornelius was this close to being my daddy. She ruined it because she didn't didn't believe in his dream. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I got nothing. I got nothing. (laughs) In that case, do you have any church announcements? Because I I do. I don't. Um, Here's the thing. These trash ass niggas that be in the news, I just wait for you to enlighten me. So I just... So um, initially, I was gonna talk about them arresting, finally arresting the two people that allegedly, because you know you're innocent until proven guilty, murdered Jam Master J. Here's my problem with this: you all had these names twenty years ago. Why are you doing it now? Right. That's old. There were four other people in the studio with him that night. They already gave you the name. Why are we doing this now? Okay. That's because the police is bored. I'm sorry, I'm edit that air that, that air out. Hmm. <laughs> okay. We know what we know what the truth is though. I'm sorry I was drinking this popsicle and it got good to me. <laughs> then I was gonna talk about the whole thing with Kat and the little video that he put out. He Kat Williams? Supreme. Yeah. And he did like one of those, I want to call it a TED talk about Black Lives Matter and shit. Huh. It's on the reality page on Facebook. Go take a look. It is definitely worth the look, y'all. It is? I liken it to the um, last comedy special that, not really a special, it was eight minutes and 36 seconds, that Dave Chappelle did on police brutality. It's very informative. The way he like broke that shit down, hmm, especially our less melanated friends, y'all need to go see that. But what caught my attention slightly before us getting on air this evening. Okay. <clears throat> um, Timothy Norman, his real name is James Timothy Norman. That's the owner of Sweetie Pie. Sweetie Pie's son, you know, little uh-huh. thick booty. That was booty what was her name on Basketball Wise? Oh, Jennifer. He was stalking Jennifer. Okay. He just got arrested yesterday. Let me tell you why. He has been charged and arrested on federal charges. What? For conspiracy to use interstate commerce facilities, a cell phone, in the commission 
of murder for hire resulting in death. What? I'm telling <clears throat> Let me just read the article. Wait the, a minute. According to the complaint, Norman, Terrica Ellis, and others conspired to commit a murder for hire in exchange for money. Federal authorities allege that in 2014, Norman obtained a $450,000 life insurance policy on his 18-year-old nephew, Andre Montgomery. Oh, my God. He was so beneficiary. In the li- days leading up to Montgomery's murder, Ellis told Montgomery that she was coming to St. Louis. On March 13, 2016, the day before Montgomery's murder, Norman flew to St. Louis from his home in Los Angeles. They used burner phones to, temp- to communicate with each other. And they were able to link those phones to learn his location. Immediately after learning the nephew's location, Ellis placed the call to Norman. Around 8 p.m. the same day, he was shot and killed. Ellis's phone location places her in the area of the murder at the time of the shooting. Immediately following Montgomery's murder, Ellis placed a call to Tim and then began traveling back to Memphis, Tennessee, where she's from. In the days after the murder, Ellis deposited over $9,000 in cash into her various bank accounts. On March 21st, 2016, Tim then contacted the life insurance policy in an attempt to collect on the life insurance that he obtained on his nephew. Bitch. What the fuck? So, according to this, he hired some, he put some insurance out on his nephew uh-huh. and he hired a lady to murder him Get and the fuck out of here. did it for the, the $450,000. Like, nigga, your mama is sweet tea pie. We talking to 2016. Y'all wasn't hurting for no ends back right. then. Right! They was on own. They, they were on own, right? was on, They was on own. Y'all had y'all TV shows. Yeah. Another location. Like, come on now. Y'all wasn't hurting for no ends. You want to put a hit out on your own nephew? You better stay in the jail. Because had it been mine that you killed for some money, you better hope they don't never let you see light or day. Well, I tell you what, though. Uh, and, and this is no shade. But, I mean, Tim would be just fine in jail. That big booty going to get him a lot of things. I hope he gets $450,000 worth of it. Mm-hmm. He's going to get him a lot of things. He's going to have all the dicks in the yard. Oh, because he got a lot of milkshake. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, you know, you reap what you sow. You see, the Lord bless people in different ways, and the Lord curses people in different ways. Now, he blessed him with that big old ass, because one day he knew he was going to send that ass to jail. And they going to take that ass. And that's what he get. For setting his nephew. Why would you do that to somebody that's that's your that's your blood relative? Now I ain't saying that you get along with your relatives all the time. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm more so Ugh. saying is, is that you don't set up your damn nephew to be murdered for for chump change because at the time, like you said, they not hurting for no money. They not hurting. So what is the point of you know? Because at that point. You know, oh, you know, uh, that was one of the very few shows that was an own production. 
Mm-hmm. So they were making big money. And at the time, he was on Basketball Wise. Exactly. So he was showing up with Jennifer. And so Jennifer you had multiple on, bags and in addition to the bags. restaurant. Girl. So you had like your nephew, so one of your siblings' children? That's You murdered up. him for money? Then you couldn't even murder a stranger, nigga? A family member? So, Shay, I got a question. And this is a question. That he may have said this in the article. That article that I missed. Not that it has any bearing on you know the the final result. But when did they arrest him? Yesterday. What? All right. Throw the whole podcast away. Anybody else want to read the article? Even though I covered the majority of it, it is also on the Reality yeah. Pod Facebook page. I uh, floored, floored. Yeah. This is the literal example of niggas niggering. I know I say this all the time. I say it because I cannot make it a title of the episode. One, two, because the shit is fucking true. Why would you go after your own? I that I. Uh, I have nothing. I have nothing else. I I can't. Love at the lockup. <laughs> I, 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 oh Lord, let's bless this mess because uh, it's gonna take Jesus, all of the Jesus, to get through these next two episodes. Because this has been a week. My hell. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna start off with the the person. Well, the storyline that had the least bit of anything in it, which was Lindsay and Scott. Um, I had to stop saying his name like that. Cause uh, that's the wrong Scott. That is <laughs> motherfucking Mr. Peabody and the Mississippi Meth Head. <laughs> All right, you, you, cause when you say Scott, I think of a whole oh, different person. Stop that. <laughs> Sorry, but every time I see this show, I can. I, every time I see his name, the first thing that pops into my mind is Scott. <laughs> it's just I don't know why, but it, okay. All right, look, he should have dated her. <laughs> no. All right, so Mr. Peabody. Basically, is waiting for uh, Lindsay uh, to get out of jail, and when she's not released, um, you know, they basically get worried. So he called Granny, which they say is her mama, and um, the baby over there. I wrote their names down, but I can't find it right now. And um, he I think called, her name is Miley. Miley, sorry, I, don't, I shouldn't. Miley say Grace, that. Miley something. She's Miley. That's not. That's good enough. We can't stop. Won't stop. Rockefeller Records. Now, um. He calls up there and they don't have any info. They don't have any info. Sorry. They ask to speak with the case manager. And when her mom gets on the phone and tries to talk to them, they basically keep telling them that um, because it's not public information, they can't tell her anything. The only way that they're going to be able to find out any information on Lindsay is if she calls them. And then I mean. And, you know, her mom is basically going on and saying that Lindsay is just wanting to, you know, stay in the trouble. And Scott is kind of wondering um, if it's worth it to even go through this emo- emotional roller coaster. What, what did you think about this shit? Because this was. This one, like, I felt bad for Miley. I did. She really wanted to just see her mom. And I couldn't imagine that she intentionally knew she wasn't getting out that day and didn't at least tell her kid. I don't want to believe that. I want to believe something happened and they put you in SIG. But according to Granny, gra- Grandma, because, you know, he's Grandma, Ma, Grandma, Ma, 
she was already in segregation. Yeah, she was. So she, grandma says she know how to stay in just enough trouble. <laughs> Maybe she don't want to come out. Maybe she liked being in jail. Maybe she liked them three squares and a hard cop. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they got the mess mess. I mean, I don't know. Uh, in that whole scenario, I really just feel sorry for, for Grandma and Miley because yeah. Grandma done raised hers and she raised you, and now she got a grandbaby. Like, give her a break. <laughs> I just, I don't see this ending in the foreseeable future with her coming home anytime this season. Um, I, hmm. I I personally think that this is just going to be a drawn out thing, and they just going to kind of keep him on it because he need the money because he need to pay off some cars that he did maxed out for this bitch. So you know we're gonna see Mister Peabody a lot, but I mean we probably see Grandma Ma and, and and Miley Cyrus a few more times. I I need to stop calling her that, but um, it, it is what it is. You know, I there was that was really all we had on them this week. Um. The next person that we can get to, because everybody else was juicier than, the, than them, was uh, Chandra and Ty Rice. Bitch. Ty Rice is packing up Chandra's stuff to pick her up from prison. Um, he's at a hotel close to the prison. Even though they've only been together for about like two, three months, he's been to see her 13 times. Like, really? When she when she's released, um, she is four hours to with her, with him and then she has to take a bus to Fort Levington, Kansas to to the halfway house. He's previously married. He was previously married. He was young, but he, he, he fucked that bitch like that. What are your thoughts? Because, okay, I'm confused. I'm just going to put this out there. Maybe you can First answer off, this for me. I'm confused. Because how do you go to a halfway house that's not in the Chicagoland area if that's where you're supposed to give release. And where is this bitch? I don't know where the jail she's at is actually located. I didn't catch that in the episode. So I, I'm assuming maybe she's closer to Kansas. Okay. Because like it takes you like three to four I don't want to say three to four, but something like that to get to like St. Louis. So I imagine she's got to mm-hmm. be like either really southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. But why would they maybe send her to a correctional facility out of state in Kansas? Is maybe they was Kansas is closer to Missouri. She's like, she's got to be in Missouri somewhere. Look, okay, right? clearly Ty Rice don't care about driving to go, to go get some of this here young coon tank. That's fa- that's fair because when he pulled out them damn Stacy Adams. I bitch, I hollered when I first saw him getting dressed, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I know exactly where this is going." <laughs> oh, oh, and when he pulled out the blue Stacy Adams, bitch, I hollered. This nigga is like the quintessential Uncle Junior. All he missing is the finger waves. I bet he used to have finger waves when he was a young man. Because I'm looking at this too. And sir, I don't know how tall you are in life, Tyrese, but your pants do not, they not supposed to drag on the floor. That's not the look. That is not the look. Get them adjusted. Get them adjusted, please. <laughs> that shit took me down. Girl, we oh my 
like you don't went to see her three, 13 times oh. in three months. Oh, girl, when he was standing outside the gym. 13 times. Wait, bitch, let me, let me get this one. When he was standing outside the gym, right? This I know. I, this how old this fucking suit is, okay? So he's standing outside the jail and he got the binoculars, right? But when he lifted the binoculars, <laughs> when he lifted the binoculars, right? And them shoulder pads went up, I had to stop. <laughs> I almost shouted out the binoculars, right? <laughs> that ass. That was probably going to be my shout out for her. <laughs> Oh, I didn't I didn't oh. I, I didn't connect that he had binoculars until he got back in the car oh. and was looking through them. And oh. I'm like, wait, wait, oh. did I just miss a gem? Oh. I rewinded backwards. And like you for oh. real got like professional grade binoculars. <laughs> like what kind of crazy peeping tom are you? Oh. Tyrice gives I am concerned. Oh. Look here, people. Oh, if you're neighbors with Ty Rice, draw your shade. Because oh. he got binoculars. Good ones. <laughs> oh, my God. That shit took me Ooh. down, bitch. I Listen, you know how when you have to stop watching some shit because it is getting ridiculous? In that moment, it got a little hmm. bit too ridiculous for me. But I can't I just want to sitting there looking like an extra from the Players Club. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, like Dollar Bill fucking uh, uh, brothers, some shit. Girl, and how I can't. Yeah. Oh, I hate niggas. Um, I said he done pulled that from the back of the closet. Looking what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. All right. Ooh. All right. All right. Deal is choice. You want to do Destiny and Sean or Maurice and Jessica? Because I'm saving Quaylon, Quaylon Jr. Quaylon singing and Chevelle for last. Destiny and Maurice and Sean or who? Destiny and Sean or uh, Reese and Jessica. Maurice and Jessica. Mm -hmm. Let's do Destiny and Sean. All right. So, uh, because I feel like I feel like this could go rather quick as well. It can. I got a few quick notes on them. They're not quick, but I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna get through it. I swear. First scene it opens up with them. They start the uh, the prep the breakfast with the mom and the sister. He tells her his real age and his number of kids. She's upset, but you know she feels like age ain't nothing but a number. A noun ain't nothing but a thing. Shout out to the good sister Leah. We miss you, girl. Um, age ain't nothing but a number. Learning daddy, nothing but a thing. And um, Dang. He also told her that he's never been married. Now we knew that was a lie. Uh, he lies again by telling her that, and then him and his baby mama that that he tell he told her that the, him and his BM ain't been together for seven years. But he was trying to get with the bitch last year, about a year prior to taping. I don't know when they taped this. Um, but Destiny also says she got secrets that she's not planning on giving up. Which the secret basically is. Is that she fucked with bitches? She was fucking with bitches when she was in in the, in in jail, and she don't plan on stop fucking with the bitches because she got a few bitches' names tattooed on her. Now, bitch, look, that took me down. That was also <laughs> probably going to be my shot. <laughs> so then we get to the end where uh, Destiny and Sean are up in the morning after they done fucked, 
And, um, you know, after having sex and she was impressed until she wakes up to him trying to take a picture of her while he sleep while she's sleeping. I thought that was creepy. Um look, we already been creeped out with Ty Rice and the fucking binoculars. <laughs> and now we got this motherfucker taking sneak pictures of people sleeping. Like he already gives me the heeb and the jeebies. So he don't need no extra weird. So sorry. Uh she said. And I can't, I can't believe this one. I don't know about this, but the bitch ain't had a dick in a long time, so maybe this is it. But, um, she said that it's the best sex she's ever had. He thinks that I was so sad. Oh, me too. He thinks that the conversation went left at the um at the um restaurant because she had been drinking. Um, she says it was because of all the lies. She's true. She's right. Um, he says that um he thinks that she needs to chill until the court date. He reminds her that you know, look, bitch, I done spent fifty grand on your on your, on your funny look at ass. Like, stop. Don't do nothing too stupid. And she like, look, I'm finna go. I'm finna be out here single, sexy, and free. I don't give a fuck what you talking about. I'm gonna still fuck these bitches. What you talking about? What are your thoughts on this fuckery? When she was first like really upset about him and his lies, I'm like, I get it. He lied to you and she. That's true. But he also just posted fifty thousand dollars bail. For right. So like, you really can't like be too mad at the person that got you out of jail. Like, you'd still be in there if he didn't do that, mm-hmm. like, right? Like, but you know, tread lightly, ho. Like, tread lightly. You you know what you're dealing with. But then the hobo's goes, well, he's attentive and kind-hearted and loving, but he's a fucking liar. Girl, we already know that you with him for the money. We already know that you got to tell him that it's the best dick you ever had mm-hmm. because he didn't put up the money. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, he, you didn't have sex with him. And you didn't say it after having sex with him. So come on now. You didn't. They, t- they filmed the shit. Mm-hmm. That you still gonna go get you some meow meow from time to time. It's, Fuck it's what he public say. record. She ain't paying no attention to his ass. <laughs> but you know what? What? When she got in the car and she was like, Mr. Mysterio, I want you to buy me a coach purse. I said, you know what? You know what? This is a bitch, bitch at the all right liking. with me. I said, okay, wait, this wait, bitch no. is all right with that me. That was going to be my shout out when she asked me that shit. I said, you know what? The bitch got taste. Now, I don't know, because I got a bunch of them fucking them bags with all of them seeds on it in, in this house. It's, it's quite a bit. But when she said, the, she said that and then she said hang gliding. And then she said, what else did she say? Hold on. I wrote it down. She said, first she wanted to go. First she wanted to she wanted a coach purse. Then she said she wanted to go parasailing because she read it in the book. Then she said she wanted to go skydiving. And when she said she wanted to go skydiving, she said she was gonna be the push, the one to push him up the plane. I said, oh shit. Look, this is going love. She gonna fuck around and get buddy buddy with Tim, and she gonna have her four hundred fifty thousand likes on your ass. You gonna go splat like Trevor did when he jumped off when he's bungee jumping. He said, "Hillary, will oh, you marry?" I'm tired of it. All right, all right. Well, it's Maurice and Jessica because after you get done doing that shit, ain't nowhere else to go. Uh, <laughs> Maurice and Jessica I low-key feel that bad bitch. for them but she did the most to me but here's what happened uh, Reese and Jessica I'm Chicago and I'm gonna call him Reese that's just is what it is and he got a head shaped like a Reese I had a cousin named Reese you know what let me stop alright 
Reece you know, I'm still gonna call him Obi, you know, cousin teeth. Let me add Ob Reese. He gonna be like Ob Trice. He gonna be Ob Reese. Ob okay, Ob Reese. All right, fine. So Ob Reese and Jessica are on the way. Oh, Ob Reese and Butterface Betty. The Butterface Betty are on their way to see uh, Michaela, his daughter. Jessica talks to Michaela almost every day, but her and the BM don't really have a relationship. So when they get over there, you know what I'm saying, she come out the house before he even can park. And, you know, they go in the house and he kind of catching up with the with the peoples and da 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 but she's sitting over in this corner and she's not really saying anything. So, when they um, fixing the lead, she got a whole attitude that she like, well, you know, you weren't really directing any of the conversation towards me, and I felt like an outsider. And um, you know, she kind of came up with all of these things to, for, him, for her to be mad at him. But I wanted to know your thoughts on that before we moved on, because there was something else. Here's about my that problem with that: when she walked in the house, it's not like people didn't say hi, um, da 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 da. Hey, how you doing? That's your opportunity to go. Hi, I'm Jessica. Nobody has to introduce you. You a full-on grown-ass woman. You know how we know we're grown? You took your grown ass down to a jail and married a fucking convict after knowing from him only three months and you go fuck him. Mm-hmm. Can't do that by yourself. Gotta be grown. Hmm. So now you're, he's sitting there. He's going to see his daughter. He hasn't seen his daughter in, what, three years? Mm-hmm. Seven. No, he was there for seven. So he hasn't seen his daughter in years. In years. So let them have their fucking moment. I just felt like he should have included me. It wasn't about you. It was about the girl. You was upset because you got there and you saw his baby mama and you didn't realize that your ass has a butterface. Well, the thing about the baby mama to me too was is that him and her had been together for a while. And um, after a year and a Kenisha, half... Right? Uh, girls, don't start me to lie. And, um, oh, K- Kenesha. That's her name. Um, nah, Kanisha, no, it's not. Kanisha, Trinika, Trinika. Okay. It it is K E N I Q U A. I thought they said Kanisha, but Q don't go. Sh- don't do it, girl. Look, these ghetto so ass. Kaniqua, Kaniqua, Kanisha, tomato, tomato. Listen, bitch. I look. <laughs> you did not just call her Clamato. <laughs> let's call the whole thing off, okay? So <laughs> that's good, right there in the notes. Your name is Clamato. <laughs> Clamato. I'm sorry. No, okay. Him and her, him and uh, uh, Clamato had been together for about a year and a half, and they got pregnant. But when they was together, and she, he, she got pregnant. She told him, "Don't you be your black ass out there in these streets? Because the next time you get fucking arrested, I'm done with your black ass." And so said, so done. That's the only reason why he ain't with his baby mama to this day. And look, now that he back, she'll probably take him back. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, the, the, it goes on with um, it goes on with them too, and they are sitting at the crib uh, with Ronnie. I low-key like Ronnie. I'm gonna tell you why. I, I, do I like Ronnie. Uh, they sit at the house, and he's talking about the frustrations of parole and. You know, Jessica just basically feels like isolated because there's really no privacy at the cousin house and you know, they basically stuck there because of his parole. She says uh she needs to get back to Vegas because Vegas because that's where her family is. And uh Ronnie shows Maurice all of these 
obituaries of all the people who were murdered while he were in prison. Um, they go to the corner store and the shit gets interesting because while they leave um, from the store, I said S-T-O, um, a car pull up and he like, where you from, homie? But he said that shit. Yeah, you live, son. This my set. This my set, bitch. Fuck you saying. Yeah, that, that's what, you know, they cut. Fuck the car, they, the they, cut out, they cut all that out because, you know, this is we TV, but we know what the fuck that shit was. We know what was it. Oh, yeah. He's like, you hear that shit? And Obi got real shook. So this is how I know Obi, like, you really just need to get, like, the hood shit. Like, let it go, sir. That's not your ministry. Ray J song. That's not your ministry. At all. Let it go. Because. When they flexed on you, you supposed to be like, fuck you, bitch. And you ain't had none of that. You supposed to be Oh girl, he couldn't like 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 Snoop Dogg did Denzel in fucking training day. Oh yeah. And he was in a fucking wheelchair and still tried. Still what you gonna do, motherfucker? (laughs) You ain't had no energy. You were like, Did you see that? Did you hear what they said to me? (laughs) We gotta go. He ain't had none of that fucking energy, but you said you, but you say you a Compton crypto, right? Hmm. All right, then. They need to, they need to disown you. Yeah, like, I don't know about that one because I just kind of felt like one motherfucker pull up on me, and ask me what set I'm clan. I'm gonna say coach. Coach is the set I'm clan. Actually, I was on my way there now. I actually, while I'm there, I may go ahead and and, and rep my other set, which is the Nike outlet. Now they're right, you know, because the coach outlet. Is right above the Nike outlet. It's not that far from walk. And now I just, I repped them two sets. What you what what set you claiming, bro? I I I I I I'm a pump. You know that that's not. Oh, I I I, I rep G O D. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Come and join the chorus. You know I'm gonna sing for you. The mighty mighty chorus. With the mighty I would have been just straight shucking his ass because I'm not trying to get shot over no dumb shit. Get about I don't even jam. understand how, like, like dead ass, dead ass, dead ass, dead ass. I don't understand how niggas be in gangs anyway. It's be a whole bunch of niggas, and all y'all be sitting there posturing, playing a dick, dick measure contest, and it, it's just like a fucking pyramid scheme. You do all the risk, and then somebody else reap all the reward. I want to be the connect. I do not want to be the street nigga. Like, just go say that. And this is not a work your way through plan. You don't have to start at the bottom. Start at the bottom now, Will. Hey, hey, hey. You don't have to do that. You could, uh, you know, the time you spend standing on the corner to make that little piece of change so you can get them knockoff Jordans and them knockoff true religion jeans and shit, you could just go to a regular place and work. Rihanna told y'all to work a long time ago and y'all didn't listen. Now, um, I would like to get to the cornerstone of our episode here, which is Quay Sr., Quay Jr., and um, Caprice. Now, um, I'm going to read what I have here. If you allow me a moment to just do that, we're gonna get into this. I, I, I saw you take that deep cleansing breath because you know that he is my altar call this week. But you know, Quayvon, Quaylon, Ch- Ch- uh, Chevelle, and um, Quay Senior go and have lunch, and they talking about the living situation, you know, because he was in so much trouble and. and 
same. No. He was, they were in St. Louis. They were in um, Kansas City. Um, because he was in so much trouble, she basically, Quay Senior moved to Houston to get him a better situation when he got out. Now that he's out and he with um, 67 Camaro. Uh, that's not that's that's not that's not true because 67 Camaro is sexy and I don't know if she is. She just gonna be picking the right wigs. Not the point. Okay. Um, Look, I did a little research though. <laughs> Do you know Chevy actually came out with a Chevelle? Alright, I'm tired. I'm just, can we just mm-hmm. can we pack this fucking show up and go home? I just <laughs> I'm tired of this. Um, she's unsure of how to keep him safe. Quay Senior is, and Quaylon tells him, "Look, tells her, look, uh, he's not going back to Hurston. Uh, he's that she needs to trust his decision, uh, and that he's not about to go and, and go go get out from jail from doing twelve years and go back to doing something stupid." Also, he doesn't want um, Caprice to be uncomfortable. Here's the question that I have for you in this particular scene. Was he right to stand up for, for, for Chevrolet? Or should he, have had, should he have made the decision to go with his mom? See, that's a slippery slope. At the end of the day, he is grown. Yeah. So what he does with his life is what he does with his life. Like, and he needs to figure that out. And yeah, Ma, you moved to Houston so that when he got out, he wouldn't be around the same people he was around, but he made a valid point. Niggas be niggas everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I can get in the shit into Houston. The only thing that's going to prevent him from getting in the shit is him. Yeah. So. I mean, I think that his mom had given up a lot to be able to make sure that she took care of him when he was get out when he got out, not even thinking that he was going to get into a relationship with um uh Cavalier. Now, even in that, I, I just kind of feel like I feel like I don't think that he should have made a decision based on pussy. You know your mother. You need to go set and establish yourself you know, with your mom around your family to get your shit back right. And then you can be able to commit yourself to a relationship because she's already got a kid. You know what I mean? So I, I just kind of, I, 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 well, I understand what he said in regards to, um, you know, she needs to respect his decision as a grown ass man. He going to go with his girl. I think his mom really does have the best intentions for him. And I don't, and I'm not saying that, 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 um, F one fifty. Oh, that's Ford. Um, <clears throat> oh, shit. um, I ain't saying that that girl don't have his best intentions, but what I am saying is that you know your mother. You know what I'm saying? My thing that bothered me in that moment is when quite senior asked quite Trey, mm-hmm. um, what he was gonna do. Was he going to come to Houston with her? I didn't like the fact that Chevelle said <laughs> never. I, yeah, I, Honey, I, let that man talk to his mama because had it been me and you had said that and my mama was talking, oh, I wouldn't even got to the point to tell her that I was going to stay in, in <laughs> Kansas City with you. I would have had to turn my head back, excuse me, um, see what we're not going to do? Is this. Like 
one, I'm a man. Let me handle my business. Two, don't disrespect my mama. Because that is more likely going to make me go to Houston with her and not go nowhere with you. Because that right there, that's my mama. I, I respect the decision, you know, and, and I, I understand what you're saying. For me, it would have been a role reversal. It would have been my daddy because, you know, you know, we talked about it on the show before, but I just, I agree with you in that instance. Like, uh, this is an A and B conversation. You sit your ass here and you learn your place. And you shut the fuck up. I said what I said. Put your ass in neutral. I said that neutral, bitch. You don't go on drive. You don't go on reverse. You don't go in third gear. We know you used to doing that kind of shit because you are a car, bitch. You get along and you just ride, go along for the ride. Ooh, that was that was shady. Let me go on, on to this next scene. Ooh, child, that 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 popsicle just snuck up on me. Um, Queen Chabelle, honey, my my edible just snuck up on me. I'm like, ooh, I feel something warm going up my arm. There you go. Very good. Mm-hmm. Queen Chabelle and uh, Quay Senior, uh, uh, Quay Trey, Quay Senior, and um, Raspberry Beret get to the hotel room with the mama. <laughs> and while Quay and his mom are having a talk, she called the car for his for his mom so Quay Trey could go to her people house or whatever. Now, Quay Senior is basically um, saying that there's no way that he is staying in Kansas City if she has anything to do with it. Um, Chevelle is actually getting the room ready at the same time um, and Quay gets to the room, he get a flute uh, uh, with the apple crown, which low-key is delicious, um, and mm-hmm. they lay on the bed, and she give him a back rub, and she trying to be seductive, and, you know, he put the camera crew out. Now, what are your thoughts? I hope you don't take my altar call, but go ahead. Oh, no, no, she's not, no. I, I've considered it, but no, she's not gonna be my altar call. Um, this episode was like the destruction of roses. Like everybody kept fucking up good flowers for these lame ass hotels. Like, she didn't even get real flowers, sis. I know. She just threw the 99 cents those shits on the bed. Oh, God. I'm sick of it. I mean, the nigga ain't had pussy in 12 years, so I'm sure this is just leaky at me out right now. Mm, that's true. I cringed. Mm. I had been cringing the whole time. I'm like, oh, this is lame. <laughs> I, there's not a week that I've taken notes that I have not written next to her somewhere lame. Lame. They said. Even Auntie Shoulders did better than that. I Ooh. know, and I low key miss Auntie Shoulders, but that's that's another conversation for another time. Um, you got any shout outs for this week? I was gonna shout out the binoculars. I ain't gonna lie, it was my shout out. <laughs> binoculars. It took me down. I'm sorry, but in the same breath, I already said my shout out. My shout out was the shoulder pads because look. <laughs> Right, you get them both. <laughs> you get them both this week, my my bros. Listen, you did real good. I didn't think that there was gonna be a week where we shouted you out twice for the dumb shit that you did. But my nigga, you came through in the clutch. Um, who? Uh, Chi Town, nineteen ninety eight, baby. Man, so for the ninety nine and the two thousand. Um, 
who did you have? Who was your altar call for this? Because I know we have, we both have altar calls for uh this fucking show. Let's <laughs> put the lock up. I'm sorry. Uh, my 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 altar call goes to none other than the Butterface Baddie, Jessica. Mm-mm-mm. I understand. You felt like no one was talking to you. Oh. And then you got mad mad. Like, really? The fuck is wrong with you? Oh, you worried about being the outcast of the family. He had to tell you, that's not my family. That's my daughter's family. So all you have to do there is be respectful. Girl, back. You should have introduced yourself when everybody said hi to you. Mm -hmm. You're used to having him to yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't want to share him. You don't want to share him, but he's here visiting his daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. That moment was not about you. Like, really? You should have just sucked that shit up. Mm-hmm. And let the man have a moment with his daughter. I knew it was only a matter of time before your Becky showed up. Mm. For y'all who don't know, mm. Beckys are like young Karen. Mm. Like, Beckys are, are Pumas and Karen are Cougars. That's all I have for her. She's not deserving any more of my energy. Like, fix your face. Like, literally. Literally. Fix your face. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting out. I'm sorry. You should call, like, Kylie Jenner and figure out who did her face. Maybe they could help fix that, kind of. Because one thing I know about every nigga that done met you down there in Compton, they looking at you like, looking at him like, so he had to go find the ugliest white girl with a fat ass he could find. Like, bruh, come back to Compton. I quit. I quit. I quit. Little lit, 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 Jesse <laughs> gone on back to Las Vegas. She tried to kill Bye, me. Bye, Becky. She tried to kill me. <laughs> To try to kill me. Up. Okay. All right. Please yourself together. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Um, my altar call for this week um goes to um Quay Trey, aka Quay Lon. Now. Hmm. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily him, but it was something that he did that bothered the fuck out of me. He went to the restaurant, he didn't wash his ass. He got back to the hotel. He talked to his mama. He didn't wash his ass. He got upstairs to the room and they started doing whatever yucky shit that they doing, but he still ain't washed his ass. Then uh, she's getting, giving him a back rub, but he still ain't washed his ass. Then, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they still get to get, they get to kind of kissing and hugging and touching and, you know, whatever it is that they, they doing on the bed and he still ain't washed his ass. He put the camera crew out and he still didn't wash his ass. And I would just think that if I had a prison for 12 years, the first thing that I would want to do other than get something that's like not prison food is wash my ass. I'm not letting no nigga with no jail shit to his dick mess with me. 
Go wash your ass, sir. Look. Literally, sir. Because it's been 12 years. You either been getting ass or giving ass. Look. But I think Chevelle ain't too worried about it. Chevy's okay with prison dick. Chevy wants whatever dick she can get, clearly. Because she wouldn't have found one that's been in jail for 12 years. If we didn't learn anything from Destiny this week, they be in there. Fuck it. All right, guys. So, uh, okay. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of Shay. So I, I just okay. to quote my, 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 my patron saint some more. You must wash all the dicks you suck. So if he ain't got the good things to go wash his ass, Chevy Chevelle, Send his ass in the motherfucking shower. You should have drew him a bath. You should have wanted his ass. Thank clean, you. Man, you did all of that, and you didn't. You didn't even make him a bath. But he's gonna sit his nasty, dusty ass in that motherfucker so he can get a ring around. So it ain't like you gotta clean the ring around the the, the the damn tub. What the fuck? Look, look. That took me down. So you have to wash your ass. She on t- national TV with them crusty ass wigs, so she's all right with a crusty ass nigga. All right, you know what? I am tired of this. Listen, we. Huh, I ain't done. I can't. We we're done. We're <laughs> fucking done. Uh, listen, y'all. We will be right back. Um, with season one, episode eleven. Of I may destroy 11. you. I may destroy you, and we'll be right back because I'm sick of these motherfuckers. I'm sick of it. Twenty-three. You know, I was thinking about hanging up because um, we have forty-nine. Okay. Um, so I just hang up and and then um, give me a few minutes. So I get yeah. Gotta stick with it now. I'm gonna call you right back. Man. We're back. I may destroy you. Woo. Season one, episode eleven, titled "Would You Like to Know the Sex?" I didn't. the title threw me off though. I didn't get the I didn't get the title, but okay. Um, we gonna skip past Terry in that damn job. We don't care. Um, bitch, you know that's all I say is fuck her. I don't care if she got the job. <laughs> fuck Terry, bitch. <laughs> I said nothing nice. All right, so here's what I got for this blog. We can cut it. We can talk about it. While Bella is still immersed in the book um, that she's reading in the bathroom, Kwame is talking to Ben and Terry about building relationships, uh, the, the building relationship that he's having with, um, you better call Tyrone. Now, Kwame says that um, he has, he's a lot like Ben, a general nice. And at times he feels that when he's, um, he's copying Tyrone, Tyrone's actions. Um, he asks Ben, do you ever feel do you ever get the feeling that someone's right for you, but you're not yet, but you're not yet for the person? Um, you're not, you're not, uh, that English, that yeah, literally wrote it verbatim, but you're not yet the person you need to be to also be the right person for that person. Mm. Um, as Terry is tired of this conversation, she goes up to find Bella. Bella's sitting on the damn toilet reading that damn book. And um, Bella basically comes out. She finishes the book. She wants to meet um, the author of the book. And so uh, she makes this really heartfelt video that Terry vetoes. 
And uh, the second video is like with her back on the toilet, but it's really campy and kind of not Bella. Um, and so she sends it to the author, which correct me if I'm wrong, good sis. I mean, something like Della. De- yeah, Della. Della. I wrote it down somewhere, but I don't feel like finding it. Um, Della, Della, Della Reese. Was it? De- yeah, it was Della Reese. Um, it wasn't Della Reese, but the, the first is Della. And um, she sends it the request. She goes back out of the page and she finds out that Della blocked her and she's very upset about it. What did you think about this scene? I actually want to talk about that line that Kwame asked then. Um, first off, a little shout out for Ben. Ben has always just been, he's actually Bella's most consistently good friend. Mm-hmm. Ben is always there for you. Mm-hmm. Ben is always clutch when he needs to be. And today, he was clutch for Kwame. Tell you why. Please Kwame do. says, I don't think I'm a good person. Yeah. He's like, like I'm nice to y'all and shit. But I'm not really nice to everyone else. Yeah. And Terry jumps in and she's like, Yeah. We're great people. We're goals. Ah, no, Terry. I didn't see a thread. You ma'am, you're not goals. You are not. You know why you're not goals? Because while your friend was sitting there having a heartfelt conversation with you, you got so bothered by the positivity that you slithered your ass in the house to go see what Bella's doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't see it for her. Like I, everybody know, I don't see it I for think, her. Like I think you're absolutely right. I, I personally feel like you know this is a conversation. This is a very grown ass conversation. You know what I mean? Like right. there, there, like there are times when you and I will call each other and we'll say things like this to each other, not quite so eloquently, eloquently put, but it'll be in this particular realm. And um, this was something that he wanted to know because he feels like, you know, how do I be a good person to this person if I don't feel like I'm being a good person, which is a obvious question. But to kind of cover it up and go, oh well, we we go first off. No, you're not. And that wig is getting tired, and. Oh, and excuse me, I'm sorry. That's the wine. You're so thirsty. You uh, uh, that th- you so thirsty, and that wig is too. How about that? It's parched. <laughs> Needs a little moisturizer. Not too much. Don't 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 catch your wig on fire like Michael Jackson did in the Pepsi commercial. <laughs> um. So Bella goes to him. Billy Jean is oh oh. I'm sorry. Look, y'all, I love Michael Jackson. I love, love Michael Jackson. Like, I was devastated when he died, but I, I couldn't. I'm happy. I'm sorry. Please, I couldn't resist it. Please, no. We I'm st- sorry. We still rolling. Don't come for me. We still rolling at the love at the locker because it was a whole <laughs> take that y'all did here. All right. So, um, Bella goes to Henny House to meet with Susie um, and ask, uh, can she get a meeting with the author? And Susie's basically asking how her work is going. She's talking about the plan. She's being, being very... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, vague and um, indescriptive to Terry. That's the right word, right? Indescriptive. You have. Never mind. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she also tells Bella, um, you know, Susie asks her, how's her work going? Like, what's her word count, et cetera, et cetera. 
And then she basically tells Bella that she's not going to help her meet um, Della. Um, and then the next thing you know, Bella gets a call to come to the editor's uh, 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 room. And she's basically fired and or withdrawing their commission, saying that the desired outcome may not be achieved and that she now has to pay back the advance. And it also cannot represent her any longer. Thoughts. Uh, this is one of those things and I feel bad but like Bella kind of brought it on her on herself you like you said in the beginning that you went to Italy like three or four times to gather the inspiration you need to write this book like this is how you make your money and you kept putting everything before it and you just kept putting it off and coming up with excuses not to write or listening to Terry because like that's a great idea to do and now you're out of a job and you have to pay back the advance and you no longer have an editor to support you because they don't want to work with you anymore either because you won't work I think that Girl. I think that Terry uh Terry sorry I think that Bella was so distracted by the rape and how to handle it that she should have asked for the leave of absence instead of getting to the point where they're asking you about work that you phys- quite physically cannot do and um, this was the means to it in any way you know with the publishers and things of that nature and I knew that this was going to happen because if I clock in every day at 8.30 and you know at bare minimum don't meet my quota for the day I'm pretty sure that someone's going to call me and ask me, why are you not making 40 if you're clocking in at 830 and you're clocking out at five o'clock every day? There is no reason why you shouldn't be making 40, right? Well, Uh it's the same thing um, in this instance. And, you know, granted be, you know, Angel O'Hara did read me for filth the other day and said that, you know, I do, sometimes I do roll over and go back to sleep until around 10 o'clock. It is what the fuck it is. Sometimes the drink got to me in the morning, but I still make my quota and I do what I gotta do and I call it a day. I don't be on nobody's radar. I don't want to be bothered. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Bella didn't really take that route. But she also kind of, there was a very clear point where I felt that she knew that she needed to stop writing. She chose to stop writing and she didn't tell them the truth. They knew what yeah. the truth was and all she had to do was open up her mouth and say something and she didn't. And that's where the confusion lies to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of saw this coming. I did too. You got any other thoughts before I move? No. All right. So, um, you want to talk about the Kwame and Nilfer situation? I mean, it's not really much to say. Like, he got what he deserved. I'm sorry. Yeah. You took a choice. And so I get it. You wanted to apologize and you wanted to try to make things better. Make I guess make yourself feel better about doing it. But that's to make you feel better. That wasn't, it for, wasn't her. for her. That wasn't for so, her. And a lot of the wording wrong. that he used, which I didn't even care to write down, which you know I write everything down. And I didn't even care to write this down because it just kind of felt like it was fluff. 
It was fluff. And and the wording that he used, and I do know that British um, uh, terminology and language is a bit more harsher than American, um, you know, American English is. But either way, I just felt like he could have been softer in the approach of apologizing to her. And just the wording that he chose just really didn't point to I'm apologizing. So I can understand why she was very upset and she left and hey, it is what it is. I, I You took her choice and that's where we are. Alright, so let's get back to the real shit. So Bella is crying on Terry's shoulder, literally hmm. uh, about losing her job and you know at the cafe and Terry is too busy flirting with um, I've said his name times on the next page and I can't find it. Um, Oh my God, what is his name? Please tell me you got it. I don't know. Oh, Kai. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thanks. Uh, thanks for giving me some time because I had to find it, but I might, I probably cut that out. Um, she's so trying to get into Kai's pants that she's not really paying attention to Bella, and then she asks Bella how she's going to pay the money back. And Bella literally says to her, bitch, I don't know. That's the fuck I'm talking to your black ass fuck. That's not what she said. That's not what she said. That was my opinion. That's why she's crying. She said that's why she's crying. And you know what I got for that? You know what I got for all of that? I got mad in that moment because bitch, fuck. That was my feeling. Had one word. Worthless. I got so mad and I I normally don't do that in the middle of a rundown of a particular scene. But I got mad. I got got very mad when I saw this because I'm like, if I if I call up Shay. And I'm venting about something. And even though we may be doing something, she's going to circle back to what I, what I said. Period. Excuse me. Sorry. Allergy season. Um, while they are sitting, um, trying to come up with a way to pay the, back the advance, Bella gets a message from an unknown sender, which is Della. And they agree to meet up. And because Terry is basically being worthless in the situation... Bella shoes her on to go go figure out whatever the fuck she's gonna figure out with Kai so she can mm-hmm. figure out this whole you know situation. Now, while Kai and Terry are sitting at the restaurant, I don't know if it was lunch or dinner, but it looked divine to me. Um I mean, I wanted to eat a plate too. I low key, I wanted his plate. But anyway, um, they go and have a meal and the waiter uh, basically says to Kai that she saw him on flip side. And um, that she's a huge fan. And Terry asks him, basically, you know, what's this about? And he kind of avoids it with a, you know, do you want a drink? And she's like, eh, I gotta go to the bathroom. And she go look him up. Should I go on with Terry or should I stop? Well, I can go on with we'll Terry. Terry. We'll, 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 we'll come with Terry. Okay. So Terry comes back from the bathroom after doing some research on Kai. And she asks him, you know, when, he, when she comes back, Kai asked her, hey, should I get the bill? Because you're kind of uncomfortable. And she's like, no, da, 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 da. So then uh, she asked him about his past again. And he basically was like, look, I moved up her when I was 17, you know, because I was trying to be a guitarist, but it really didn't work out for me. So I started studying art and, you know, I found myself. And now I'm, uh, you know, underneath these pants and, you know, this manly figure, I have a vagina. And bitch, I gagged. 
fine as hell too, ain't he? Fine as hell, and you stupid, worthless bitch. You abandoned me while I was in my moment of need to go chase after a dick, and ain't no dick. Mm. I gag. To be honest with you, I, I personally feel like you know I, when I see a transgender man as fine as Kai. I don't know that I wouldn't be going. No shade. Look, no shade. Well, you'd have to be fully trained. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not. I can't do it. Like I haven't been face to. Like, we've had this conversation. Go listen to so, Fifty Shades of Play featuring Nita Dog. Look, that was a great episode. I want to have children or child. Let's be a little bit more specific because they don't have to be multiple. Well, there are ways of, there are ways to do that with, with with being with a transgender male. No, 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 no. But once I get that out the way, mm, I've seen a few. They are my nigga. They are. That made me go, damn. Things that make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Bumping the night, my nigga. Um, I, Kai tells her that she's being approved. And she says she isn't because she's had a threesome. And Terry's telling him about hmm. the threesome incident. And Kai's looking at her like, bitch. And like we've been looking at her all season. Basically. And he tells her that they are, were not strangers. And then she kind of makes she kind of makes the space. And then she says, well, you know, they made a plan and they wanted, you know, it, sorry, Kai says, I, I apologize. Kai tells her, look, they weren't strangers, but they made a plan and they waited for somebody to take the bait. And he kind of looks at her and is like, bitch, you was the bait. You fell for this dumb fuck ass shit. And then, you know, Terry's like, well, yeah, they did They did leave together. And Kyle looks at her and he goes, yeah, they they, they knew each other. And then Terry kind of has this very wandering look on her face. Now, here's the question, sis. This is the real question. I don't know if I should be asking this, but was... Terry, Terry, excuse me, was Terry right? No. And let me tell you why. She went into that situation wanting to have a threesome with two random men. That's exactly what she did. Does it really matter that they knew each other? No. No. I don't even know why she's hung up on that as a factor. What, you thought you were just so cunning that you were able to pull two guys at the same time? It made you feel like your game wasn't that tough, that you was actually okey-doke? But why does it matter? You wanted to have a threesome. Mm-hmm. You wanted to fuck in that bed. Mm-hmm. You wanted these two random guys. Amen. You got everything that you wanted. They so, why, so, so what's the wrong face about? I wouldn't give a fuck if they knew each other, if that's what I wanted to do. I agree. I think that you know don't feel bad about something that you did now even though you feel like you were set up because if you fail for the okie doke but that's what you were gonna do any fucking way then you falling for the okie doke doesn't really constitute you being violated and I think that the look on Terry's face and this is an opinion I think that the look on her face was kind of like she felt like she had been violated in some sort but houseway you this dive got, buys you a drink at a bar. You go with him. You're dancing. Another dive comes up. You pretty much invite them back to your flat to mm-hmm. have a threesome. Mm-hmm. And they just went with it. So what? They know each other. 
Hell, that would have made me feel more comfortable if I'm going to be completely honest. If I'm in that situation and these these two people know each other and it wasn't, um, you know, it it did it didn't turn out violent, you know, it didn't nothing nothing that you didn't want to happen happened. I don't think that there's a point of contingency now that you've realized, and you knew it then when they walked off together that they knew each other. So why is it that when Kai told her this, now it's an issue? I just, I don't know. I don't know why it had ever been an issue. Like, even the episode that that happened and that they walked off and she was looking out the window and noticed that they knew each other, she seemed a little dejected then. Like, oh my God, they knew each other. And it's not because uh, they knew each other. It's because she really thought that she was that bitch. Mm-hmm. I didn't pull these two niggas and, you know what I'm saying, I got it, da 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 Oh, wow, they they set your ass up, sis. But you was, you was with Okie Doke, so I don't feel bad for you. They saw you was with the shits and went with. The fuck? Mm. Well, as Terry's having this conversation with Kai, Bella is waiting on Della. Zane walks up and it is this very strange interaction with them. It's very awkward and she tells him that she's waiting on someone when he asks to buy her a drink. And she declines and um, she, they kind of she kind of looking around all funny and he ain't moving. And then that's when she realizes that Zane is Della. And after everything that happened at the summit, uh, Susie didn't want to publish him under his name. So Susie renamed him Della. He um he came sorry, he came because they originally had met back before he took the condom off and deceived her. Uh, because he was supposed to be helping her and he never did that. And so um she accepts his help, but she gives him a very stern warning. What did you think? I felt when she told him, you know, I'm not afraid of you, right? Mm-hmm. And like really let him put him in his place and let him know you're going to come and sit at this table. But do understand, I am not going to be one to be taken advantage of by you again. Mm-hmm. You'll get this work. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if I could have trusted him, though, to be honest. Well, I think that uh, Bella was in a very vulnerable place with her writing because she just got fired and she got to figure out how to pay back that, you know, the advance. And there was a lot of things that kind of went with that. So I think that she was kind of willing to accept help, even if it was from one of her abusers, any way that she possibly could. And and then on top of that, she set that very clear boundary between the two of them. And so I very I mean stellar. That read that she gave him before he sat down and got comfortable was I mean she needed to do that and I think that her setting her boundary with him made it very clear. But and I also feel like which I'm getting to, let me just read this and then I'll get to that. So as Zane is helping Bella uh map out the content of her writing, Bella asks does he want to come back to her flat? Zane goes back and he helps her basically construct everything and put everything where it's supposed to go on her wall, like the diaphragm that he had given her. And as um, he's doing that, excuse me, um, and let it get completed and, and, and you know, Bella's kind of going over everything and, you know, he kind of says to her, she thought that he thought that she was writing about consent 
Um, and he didn't really understand it, but she was like, eh, it's not for you to understand, bro. You know, whatever. Um, have a good day, basically. And so as he's showing himself out, she said, hey, by the way, take the trash out with you, trash. And um, as he's leaving, she says, okay, thanks, Della. What did you think of that? It was one of I had a hard time with that moment in this episode. Okay. Because I feel like for him, he could have just kept her blocked. You know what I'm saying? But of course he feels guilty about what he did. So he showed up to actually help her with her book. I don't know if it was like an olive branch or like an I'm sorry or whatnot, but I felt like he did it out of guilt. And I'm not mad at that. Because she needed the help, and in his own fucked up way, he did help her restructure her thought and plan, put brainstorm her thinking web, and she's going to be able to finish this book. And it's probably going to be really fucking good, mm-hmm. because you gave her a very solid framework to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know how um, people um, build houses? Mm-hmm. He was the framework of this book that she needs to write because she needs the money. She's a writer. And um, him coming back and kind of helping her with it, I think he that he did that out of a, a do this in remembrance of kind of thing. Um, I, I, fucked, I fucked you over. And you outed me. And yeah, I wasn't able to come out as my name, but I did get to publish my, my, my teens. Well, I even still got to publish my things, even though I fucked you over. So yeah, I'm gonna help you out. But I took that thanks, Della, as that she had disassociated who he was to the person mm-hmm. that wrote that book. That helped her. That helped her. The person that helped her was Della. She never did call him by his name. And I thought that that was so powerful because she quite literally disassociated the fact from what she needed. Fact is, yes, he did assault you. He did something without your consent and you didn't know it. But there's another fact. You need Della's help. So this is Della in front of me right now. This ain't you. This ain't the motherfucker that assaulted me. She needed it. I can't be mad that she used him the same way he used her. Got another thing before I move on? Um, same. Mm-hmm. This is gonna, I, I don't even know how I feel comfortable with saying these words. But thank you. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. Like, you didn't have to do that. But you did. Yeah. Hey, you could have sent the documents in an email and let her figure it out for herself. Yeah. But you showed up. And it doesn't excuse what you did. But when you know you've done something wrong to someone, to show up, and be selfless 
I, that's better than any I am sorry I could get. Yeah. That was very selfless. You're not absolved. You still a fuck nigga, but yeah. But it was very selfless and I had to give it to him for that. Um Do we want to talk about being in the loneliness videos? I was that really sad. I was really sad. Excuse me. Because oh sorry. Say because again. Because um I wanted him to go with Bella. But he said he didn't really like going out. And I get that because I don't like being out there and people and neither. But I feel like sorry, guys. He's one of her most solid friends. Yeah. And she's inviting you out, like, go. And then like then to listen to a loneliness video, like, why? You just had someone offer to go, like, come with me. All I got out of that scene was lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely. I have nobody to call my own. (laughs) I'm not trying to be funny. It's just. Ben chooses to be alone a lot of times. Even if you think back to um, the birthday party that Thierry had had at their um, flat. At their flat. He was just in his room. In his room with the headphones on. I don't be bothered with you, motherfucker. I think that Ben chooses to put himself in the loneliness that he's in, and that's fine. Listen, let me tell you something. For the most part, I don't. I don't leave my house. I don't give a fuck about you, motherfuckers. But um, when I do choose to leave, and I choose to, you know congregate with um other fellow human beings it's mostly because um uh, you know we in quarantines and i do live by myself and i would literally drive myself crazy without another human's interaction i think i don't remember where i heard this but humans are built to interact with each other we, to be in company of so in quarantines I do over my family house, but that's it and Walmart, but you know, Walmart is yeah. um for grocery shopping. But I also feel like Ben has kind of taken himself out of that without even without the quarantines. He chooses to be alone. But then you do this thing where you choose to watch these loneliness videos. That confuses me. It does, but low key, his little spot outside that window. With his little plants and the birds yeah. chirping and the nice breeze and the good views. That was so zen. I wanted to sit next to Ben and not do shit too. I, don't, I wanted to sit there and not say nothing too. No shade. Well, we're going to get to the part of this episode that was, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, these three minutes took me through the ringer. I didn't write everything down because it was so much that there's just no way I could put it down on paper. But I tried to sum it up as best as I can. We're going to go over everything anyway because I, you know, I know you watched it four or five times. Kwame's on a date with Tyrone. Nelfa texts him and tell him that he ain't shit. But anyway, um, while Nelford, Nelford, you know the girl that he oh, right. Um, While he de- this is happening while Bella's at the bar with Terry after her date with Kai. As Terry is talking, 
Bella turns and she sees these two familiar, unfamiliar faces. And then the night comes back to her. And, you know, she remembers herself tripping out of the bar and this white guy and this black guy that come and his sister. And then uh, she sees uh, she sees Simon. And Simon lets her get into the car with these two guys. And then they go to another bar. And when they get to the other bar, they don't even congregate with other people. They take her downstairs immediately. And after taking her downstairs immediately, they make sure everybody's out in the, the, the gentleman's bathroom. And the white guy takes her in there and the black guy stands outside. And as the black guy is standing outside, the white guy is in a stall with her. Well, when he gets her in the stall, she falls and she bumps her head on the toilet paper roller. But that's another reason why she doesn't really remember everything. So then the next flashback she gets to is this white guy on top of her humping. She hears him groaning. She hears him humping. And then then it cuts back to the black guy. He kind of opens the bathroom door because he knows what's going on. And he opens the door. He kind of smiles. He closes it back. But that's basically where the episode ends. Thoughts. I so wanted, like, when she stumbled the first time in the first club and the guy helped stand her up, I so wanted them to put her in a cab and send her home and that it turns out she wasn't even raped. I wanted that. I needed that moment because I did not want to see what happened. And I'm just like, damn. Simon, did you see her get in a car with two guys? I was just like easing up on your ass last week. You saw that? And you didn't run across the street and flag down a cab and get your friend? Even if Terry told you to leave her, then this was, again, and I know we had said this shit, we said this story, or maybe last week or two weeks ago or whenever it was, when you had your Christmas party, when I had my surgery, I didn't leave you at the club that I wasn't physically able to get you get to you because I knew you were drunk. That it boils down to that for me. So I can't see, excuse me, my friend. just be in this vulnerable position with these two guys that she does not know. You know these motherfuckers and to be honest with you, you were in on the drugging. So you knew what it was. You, 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 and we know you were complicit with the drugging because you drugged the bitch that you was fucking with. We know you was complicit. So I just don't understand how, excuse me, I don't understand how you let her get Bella's a grown ass. I wouldn't do that to a stranger. I wouldn't do that to a stranger. If I saw that, I would have jumped in. When I saw her fall in the bar that they were at, I would have jumped in. There's no way she would have went with anybody other than taking her ass home. If I was walking down the street and I saw two guys carrying a girl that drunk, I'm stopping. I'm getting in the way. 
I'm going to ask her questions. Do you know them? Are you safe? Let's call somebody in her phone. I wouldn't let even a stranger do that. And to think that your friend was across the street and was so worried about, look, it wasn't even new puss. This puss you've been fucking for six, six months. months. You were so worried about getting a little piece of puss that you just looked at me and hoped I'd be all right. I don't know who's worse of a friend, you or Terry. They both don't have her best interest at heart, sis. And we we really have to kind of dissect it. And I don't even know if if she's still friends with them to this day. I can't see how. There was a moment in the episode where um, Bella was trying to make the video for Della. Mm -hmm. And Terry said something to the effect of, "It's you sound weak and unsure. Yeah! And then Bella said, I'm sorry, not to cut you across, but Bella said, but I I am weak and and, and unsure. And it's just like, Simon and Terry are the worst things that's ever happened to you. Like, you think these two rapes are the worst thing. No, ma'am. Simon and Terry are people that you've put in your life that you love and trust. And they, and they don't like fucking you. you over. They can't like you, bitch. Because they don't give a fuck about they you. They don't. They don't. I... I, I I can go on Terry. She's gonna be my answer call, but Simon, I I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm surprised you that's scummy. It's frustrating to watch <laughs> having good friends. <clears throat> excuse me, having good friends makes this show very hard to watch because the very few friends that I have, I have a very tight knit circle and the tight knit circle that I have the friends that I have they know everybody in my family same way Terry picked up her phone last week and wished her mother happy birthday is the same way <clears throat> excuse me that I had a birthday this week Trey turned 19 and I'd be damned if Shay and her work friend and a few other people went on my page when I shouted him out and, and said happy birthday to him. They know my family. I'd be damned if somebody in my family leaves me out there like that. That you know me. You know my family stay. They know my, your mama stay. You know where my mama stay. Like It's like how could you do this to her? That broke my heart. I was just. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Bella is not a grown ass woman. But in this instance, when she got drugged, nobody was there for her. No. I feel like not... personally that if that if Simon would have called Kwame. This would have never been a fucking story. Nope. 
I don't know if this is getting into all Hell, the time, but I don't know. If Terry would have called Kwame, if she didn't feel like going to get a Kwame, go down to da, 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 get Bella, he'd have went. That's weird. But Terry doesn't give a fuck about Bella. I'm like, fuck it. She's, she's about to get this all the call. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll call a moment because I ain't got no shout out. Oh, God. The only shout out that I had was Ben. But we already said why we shouted out Ben. So go ahead with your shout out, sis. There was a moment that Terry told Bella that she was so proud of her. For getting over everything. What the fuck was You're that? You weren't proud of her. You weren't proud of her for getting over anything. You just don't. You're glad that she's trying to move on, so you don't have to feel guilty about knowing you could have uh-huh. saved her that night. You didn't. I thought the same thing. Same thing with Kwame. He's sitting there having a real conversation with Bill, uh, with Ben. And you are so disturbed by his little positive conversation that your snake ass slithered back in the flat. Because I bet that positivity just made it your ass want to melt into a pond like the Wicked Witch of the West. But I don't even, you old evil, duplicit bitch. But I, I, you know, I just want to I'm on the pause to say something real quick and then you continue with your read because I, I know where you're going with this. I don't even think that the positive, I don't even think that what, what, what Kwame was talking about with being was positive. It was just an adult conversation that she wanted no parts of. And Terry's not an adult. Go ahead. I'm sorry, sis. I didn't mean to do you like that. I'm sorry. I just... just... You think your friendship goes? You're the opposite of goals. Mm -hmm. You're a fake, flaky, selfish, spineless, damn this soulless individual. You, ma'am, should suck a dick and die. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> wow. Ooh, I got a song for this moment. Ready for it? You're trifling good for nothing. Good for nothing type of sister. sister. Mm-hmm. I knew, I, I knew Terry was going to keep getting red after that first shit that she did. Yeah, because I could never, I could never do my friends like that. Even motherfuckers that, no shame, and you know what I'm trying, what I'm finna say? Look, even motherfuckers that I don't fuck with like that, I would never put them in that fucking position. Ever. That's fucked up. You trifling. She trifling as fuck. And I just... I don't know. I don't know, guys. Look, our season finale of I May Destroy You is up next week. It is. Next week's going to be a rough week because we're going to have Love After Locker. Yeah. The season finale of I May Destroy You. Yeah. And the first episode of RuPaul Drag Race The Vegas Review. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot. Um, so, um, for the most part, we would give you guys from what I'm thinking is that we're gonna continue with the setup right now, and we're gonna give you "I May Destroy You" and um, 
and uh, Love at the Lockup in the same episode. It's going to run a little bit long. It is what it is. We're sorry. Um, we'll give you a bonus episode of um, give you a bonus episode of RuPaul's Drag Review, and then the week after that, then Drag Review and um, Love at the Lockup will be in the same episodes going forward. I did see that a uh, Power Book is out. It's going to be coming out. I don't know what you want to do with that, but we can talk about that. That's on air. Netflix, right? No, that's on uh, Stars. Um, but I believe you have Stars. That's not saying Comcast. I think I do. I, I'm not saying Comcast. That you know, what I'm saying she, 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 she let me. You know, no, no, no. no, no. I just saying I, I believe you have Stars. I'm gonna leave it at that. Whoop. She's just trying to help me because yeah, I, did, yeah. you know, the edible and kicked in, so I'm, I'm not with it, y'all. Get, I'm done hi, for the day. Hi. Hi, I Is that good enough? I'm, I'm good. All right, drop so we can get this shit over with, girl. <laughs> hey, this is another episode of Reality the Pod. I am your girl, Dr. Shady Shay. You can catch me on my Facebook page, Reality, on Instagram and Twitter as Dr. Shady Shay. You can also catch us both on the Instagram Reality the Pod page. Apparently, she's going to be working on some little sound bites and snippets on you know, my computer, Dad. All so when I, I get my next all one... R.I.P. just hit the club. I'm sorry. Shout out to Amazon for letting me return that mug, though. Hey, if y'all need somebody to plug, Amazon, we can make this work. All right. I, my allergies is messing with me. Look, guys, it's Tammy, aka Trash Can Tan. You can find me on all social media platforms with the exception of Instagram. I'm sorry, with the exception of Facebook at Trash Can Tam. On Facebook, you can definitely catch me on the reality uh, the podcast uh, page. If you guys want to email us, continuously send all of your emails to real I T E A D A P O D at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or otherwise, you can definitely send them there. You can also hit us up on Anchor. They sponsor us every week. Um, make sure you go to Anchor um, for all of your podcast needs. If you have some ideas that you want to share with us, definitely let us know. On Anchor, you can start your own podcast there. Um, and I don't know if she got anything else to say, but this has been another episode of Reality the Pod. We'll see y'all next week. Mm-hmm.